Welcome to Killer Women with your host, best-selling author, Danielle Girard. And now, Danielle's next killer woman. Welcome to Killer Women Podcast, a proud member of the Authors on the Air Global Network with more than 4 million listeners. I am your host, suspense author Danielle Girard, and my guest today is Rachel Housel Hall. Rachel is the New York Times bestselling author of We Lie Here, These Toxic Things, and Now She's Gone, and They All Fall Down, as well as her newest, What Never Happened, and with James Patterson, The Good Sister, which was included in Patterson's collection, The Family Lawyer a Los Angeles Times Book Prize finalist, as well as an Anthony International Thriller Writers and Lefty Award nominee. Oh, girl. Rachel is <laughs> also the author of The Land of Shadows, Skies of Ash, Trail of Echoes, and The City of Saviors in the Detective Eloise Norton series. A past member of the board of directors for Mystery Writers of America, Rachel has been a featured writer on NPR's acclaimed Crime in the City series and the National Endowment for the Arts Weekly podcast. She's also served as a mentor in Pitch Wars and the Association of Writers and Writing Programs. Rachel lives in Los Angeles with her husband and daughter. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. You're reading that. It's like, no wonder I'm tired. You're right. <laughs> yeah, you are so successful. This is, I'm so happy to get a chance to talk to you. And I'm a huge fan in and addition. Thank you so. for inviting me. I'm glad we saw each other in Denver, Denver right? Of all places. Yeah, the yes. Denver, that very interesting Denver writers uh readers uh, conference which was very it was super yeah <laughs> <laughs> more about that right later but yes. please please tell our listeners about what never happened um what never happened is a story about um an obituary writer who uh has lost her job and she's also a victim of a home invasion uh that happened to her family 20 years before on Catalina Island, um, they had bought a house there and someone was unhappy about that. And so uh, her family perished and Coco is the other survivor. And now she's going back to reclaim her house, um, her land, and to also take care of her last family member, her aunt. And oh, women across the island start dying and she's trying to figure out if it's related to what happened with her family a long time ago, or if this is a whole new thing. So yeah, it's kind of like a locked room mystery, but it's a locked island because I said it um, at the start of COVID um, when we were all isolated and sh everything shut down. And for an island like uh, Catalina, which is 26 miles off the coast of Los Angeles, you know, isolation is weird when you see the city right over there. So yeah, it's right. basically a book about do do I belong here or not? Right. So, yeah. And Catalina is a very sort of, you know, um, wealthy little enclave of an island. I mean, as well as a tourist place. So, um, yeah, she's she's treated rather poorly. I have to say, and this is not a spoiler because this is the very, very beginning of the book. We begin <laughs> with, I'm finding the page here, the obituary of Colette Sienna Weber, um, yes. who is Coco. And I thought that was so, I was so, then I spent, so, I was like, what, what? Uh, you, know, <laughs> you, you get attached to Coco and I will not spoil this. There is a fabulous twist at the end of this book and you have to read it to find out. But um, <laughs> that was so, I, I thought that was so interesting. I've never, 
I've never started a book and been like, well, wait a minute, this is the protagonist that I'm following this whole book. And right. I just read her own right. way. Yes. No, that was, that's, that was my fabulous editor. Who's like, what if we put that in the front? I'm like, Ooh, intriguing. Yeah. I, no, it was, yeah, it was exciting actually writing these, uh, these imaginary obituaries. And someone that, asked me about well, so why obituary writer? It's like, well, you know, her family was uh, yeah. killed and, you know, we've all read obituaries that just read kind of flat and right. stuff about the facts and nothing about who these people were. And since writing was her superpower, she wanted to write something special and interesting about them. And so she's done that for most of the people she's written about. So yeah, yeah, she does an amazing job of finding family and asking questions. Yeah. And, and she has that personality too. She's not afraid to sort of speak up and show up and be like, well, tell me more. And, and that mm. is sort of what happens where she ends up on the trail of something bizarre. These women are dying in places where they shouldn't have been, mm. where they probably couldn't have gotten easily. Um, yeah. And I, you know, and it's, and I want to talk about Gwen because the other yeah. thing I love, and we yeah. were talking about this a little bit um, before we started recording, which is that we are, you know, of the age now where our, our, our fam, our, you know, our, the generation above us is aging and they're, and, and Gwen is, you know, she, Gwen is not an easy lady. No. Right. No, she is not. She's not an easy lady. And, you know, here's Coco, like she's also the person who took care of Coco when her whole family was killed. Um, mm. And so there's that, of course, it's like a parent, right? She's taking care yeah. of her like a parent. And um, it's, a, a, you know, a conflict because when, like you said, she was always kind of difficult and a little resentful, but she was there. Um, Coco has felt that resentment, but, you know, how, how do you deal with a caretaker or a parent or a guardian who, you know, pushes you away and can't be like, what your mother was or your father was right. so yeah she she she's having a hard time of um just even knowing what to say to her aunt because right. anything could just set went off and you yeah. know yeah. people in our real lives are like that where you're just creeping around them and making sure you don't say the wrong thing so I, and I there's that, that reversal that's that there's that reversal that happens as our parents age where instead of them taking care of us, which is sort of how we expect things to work, we're now taking care of them. And Gwen has got, you know, some neurological sort of dementia type. She doesn't necessarily take her medication when she should. And so, you know, Coco steps in and of course, Gwen has been an independent woman living in this house, which right. is her, has been her house, but isn't actually her house, right? Um, for right. all these years. And, mm -hmm. and she does very much resent Coco um, who's not only sort of moved into her space, but also is now sort of telling her what to do. Yeah. And yeah. Again, that's a, a really, that's a realistic thing. You know, it's, it's heartbreaking for those of us in like in real life where it's happening, but I wanted a real interaction, something that people can say, yeah, this is uncomfortable, but it's kind of true. And that, that is when, so I mean, yeah, she can't. She is buckling, bucking against um, losing her capacity, her mental capacity, her freedom to drive around the island. All this by this, you know, this kid who thinks she knows better and wants to take her from her space. 
So right. yeah, it's a difficult situation. Two two women together in an old rickety house. What could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that, you know, so and Coco's bringing along some baggage, shall we yes, say? She she's got some baggage. You know, she's leaving their marriage and um under you know not of the best of terms and yeah. uh she's got some stuff that's chasing her so um so tell us can you remember that i always like to know like how mm -hmm. authors get their ideas where do you remember where this came from um i wanted to tell um a catalina story because as a los angeles kid that was one of the field trips that you go on when you're la kid either right. for you know the day or outdoor education and it was you know fascinating because even then, you know, writers, we're always constantly thinking stuff, right? So I go over there and it's so perfect and <laughs> you know, it's not. And so that was always fascinating. And it was also fascinating that I didn't see, you know, many black people there. Right. So it's like, well, what's that about? Why are there more bison here than black people? So, so that, and I also wanted to um, talk about relationships and uh, painful uh, relationships that make you become who you are. Very, very, these formative relationships that shape who you are um, and affects future relationships. So what happened with Coco and her family, you know, made her someone who just wanted a connection. And that connection wasn't necessarily the best, but it was someone, it was a, a promise of a family and it didn't work and mm -hmm. so now she's going back to someone else who doesn't really uh accept who she is as a as an individual so yeah it doesn't it, appreciate her right yeah, right yeah. and so did coco you know did did coco appear first did gwen appear first was the do you sort of are you somebody who's like well this is a person who will be sort of created because of this incredible trauma like you know do you remember sort of how do you how does that work in your brain Coco definitely came first because um like we said at the very beginning we are now we're that generation the sandwich generation where the people who we looked at as strong and invincible are aging yeah. and forgetting and you know they're dying to be frank and right. so I wanted to explore what that felt as um a 30, 40, 50 year old, because it's happening to me. And I tend to write about things that I've either experienced personally or saw, you know, happening to someone else close. And I wanted to figure out, well, if, if, if you're the sole survivor of one of the most, the most awful thing that could happen to you, how does that affect your future relationships and your trust issues? And now let's put her on an island where She's already isolated psychologically. Let's let's isolate her more with being on an island and isolate her some more with being, you know, in the start of a pandemic. So I just wanted to layer and layer and layer because a lot of people like Coco were going through, you know, COVID-19. Yeah. That were far off and they couldn't be reached. So I found it fascinating. And, yeah. yeah. And, and in addition to that, she's still, I mean, the, the, the town is still really white, right? Yeah. I and mean, she is still, the, you know, a, a, a sort yeah. of rare black person in this, yeah. in this, so another isolation, right? She's really, really isolated. That and too. there's some, some yeah. danger yeah. <laughs> and that makes her more isolated because she hasn't really told, you know, mm -hmm. Gwen or anybody sort of about the threat that is 
she yeah. can't relax, you know? And so her shoulders are up like this because everyone, I mean, even the house makes noise, right? Yeah, it's right? rickety and drafty and there's, you know, nightshade growing over, over there and needs to be cut back, but it belongs there. Yeah. So yeah, she, it's, it's hard to uh, become whole when there's a, a, a place that doesn't want you to be. And do you feel like by writing about these, I mean, I might, when you said things that happened to you, you mean, yeah, I'm assuming we're not talking about the home invasion and the dead family. No, 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 no. I know. Although we have had um, someone come into our house while we were here, it was an early you know, Thursday morning and yeah, they left without coming to the bedrooms, but they were definitely in our den and took all the electronics and just how scary that was and how, oh my God. So yeah, that was a part of it too, of uh, being so close to danger and not realizing that, yeah, your life could have been like right. like, like Coco's family. It could have just been over. That is that is so. It, what an incredible intrusion, right? It's so yeah. invasive. Yeah, yeah. And oh god, it took me. It took all of us a moment to come down off of that and to not be scared of every. You know, when the dog barks. What is that barking? Is there right. someone out there? Yeah, you can't relax in your own home. So um, I know about that firsthand, you know? Yes, you do. Um, wow, that is, yeah, I'm so, so sorry. That's, yeah, that and, is... but, you know, we write to mm. exercise that, to, to figure out your feelings about that. So I took that and, uh, yeah. So good. Isn't yeah. that, I do think that that is a way of processing trauma right? Yes. Little T trauma, big T trauma. That's how we process it as writers, I think, as we write about it. And and sometimes that is, you know, it it, it does, it helps. I think it helps. Yeah. It's People are like, why would you want to write about that? And I, you know, I think it's just the way the writer brain works. And that's why we write thrillers, right? Because the dark, yeah. the scariest stuff right. is the stuff that requires yeah. the And we know that time. other people are, you know, experiencing this and they don't necessarily know how to express it. I mean, our right. jobs, that's our job to take something that's awful and put it in a, uh, a way that people get it and yeah. get some answers and some approaches to, to healing. Yeah. And I think that that is it's so powerful. And I do think we have people, I'm sure you have people who reach out and say, this really helped me with yes. you know something. And that is not, not the most sort of powerful thing. When you hear from a reader, your yeah. book touched yeah. me, you know, your, your book, book touched me. I know this lady, I have yeah. a book. You know, I know a Coco. I am a Coco. You know, it right. it does feel good that you know, one people are seeing themselves in this, and you know, get something from how I see things, and you know, maybe it can help them too. So yeah, exactly. It's, it's a, and also it's the, just the dimension of human out of, of humanness, right? That we're all sort mm -hmm. of we're a little bit cobbled together, a little bit broken, um, you know, together is perfect. Yeah. Right. Insecure in, in ways that, you know, people don't see from the outside, but when you get inside our heads and you get inside the heads of our characters, we get, Ooh. you get to see yeah. that's us, right. That's, that's, <laughs> that's all of us. us. Oh my gosh. Totally us. <laughs> um, so I tell us, I know we're going to be, I want to make sure I'm going to be really aware of the time, but, um, I wanted to ask you, do you, are you, do you sort of plot out a whole story, Rachel? Do you, oh, you gosh, yes. I am a control freak. So yes, I plot everything out, but I leave enough space for me to go off-roading if I need. And I feel comfortable doing that because I have everything written down. That's so yeah, amazing. Um, 
I, I, I still work a day job. So I yeah. need, you know, a list that I can check just so I can see that I, I I'm making some <laughs> advancement. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I, I, and how long does that take that sort of process of, you know, applauding? Has it gotten easier over the books? No, because <laughs> the fear is, have I done this trick before? And if so, okay, how can I switch it up? Um, and also, well, you're a writer, you know, it's like, is this, am I actually being smart? You don't know. And right. so you hold back some and you do it again and then you stop. So it takes me about a month to be okay with the plot. Um, I don't do character studies in the very beginning because I don't know these people. And so uh -huh. I don't know who they are until I write that situation. And then second draft, I go back and figure out, oh, are they a dolphin or are they, you know, a, a dog or a whale, that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, that's mm -hmm. interesting. You have the plot and then, but then how the characters respond to things will be really mm -hmm. different depending as you get to know them. So you're not, you're, you're a plotter in terms of the action, but not in terms of necessarily the characters. Exactly, exactly. That's, yeah, that's, I, makes I, sense. I don't know, you know, I don't even know what I think and who I am until I get to that place. So right. I, you know, we, we, how could we, how could we possibly know, right? Um, that's, so, I, I agree, I totally agree. Yeah. And there's some, there's some famous quote that's like, well, how do I know what I think until I write it down or until I write <laughs> it out or something like, which makes sense to me yeah. too. It's like, I yeah. I don't know. I got to work through that in the in the writing. So, um, yeah, so I don't waste time, you know, doing all that outline stuff for for people because I'm going to change it anyway. And it's just going to kind of hold me back because, yeah. you know, I have to write her like this. It's like, no, I'm going to let her uh, come on page and I'll figure out who she is. And then I hone and, and carve and shape uh, in the subsequent drafts. Right. Because it is true that you don't, even if you did a character study, you don't really know the character until, until you got, you're like, it's like spending time with a new friend. You yeah. don't really know her until you've like yeah. had enough time with her. Right. It's a date. It's but, a date. You know, first date is different from the 10. Right. And people open up and get warm and start admitting things they never admit. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. that's how I, that's how I see it. Yeah, I think that that to me that makes so much sense, and I love when you find that somewhere in that draft when you figure out who your people are, and you're like, "Oh my God, yeah. you are like you're a real person. You are my friend, and now you're in my head all the time, <laughs> all the time." And when they're gone, when you're finished, it's like, "Bye." I know. And you oh, haven't done a yeah. you haven't done a series, right, Rachel? Have you done? Well, a I did the Lou Norton series. Um, oh, that's right. Of course. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And so then you know, you I hated see saying goodbye to Lou. Yeah. But you know, the thing about standalones, you get to meet different heroines, you know, in different mm -hmm. situations. And while I love Lou, there's some stories that I wouldn't have been able to tell as as I wanted um, with someone as smart and brave and brilliant as Lou Norton. The rest right. of us total messes and you know and in some ways that's more fascinating than anything us total messes right it's true yeah. no you're right that's like lou's got her shit together so that is yeah. not uh yeah. <laughs> that is not that is not the choice for that um well right. and also congratulations because i know this is already available it's an amazon what do they call it now amazon first first, reads. first yes. reads. amazon first and first reads yeah amazon first and i yeah. noticed i looked today it's already got almost 4500 ratings yes. and a four star review so people love this book which i do and i have to do this i this is the thing i love about thomas 
Alice and Mercer hardcovers uh -huh. is I love that underneath that jacket is that gorgeous, beautiful. Right? God, they did such a beautiful job with this nightshade. I yeah. absolutely love it. Yeah. So it every is... book that they've done, there's something lovely beneath it. And it's just, it's so gorgeous. I love this book. And you know, that's that's Catalina Nightshade on the cover that's yeah. surrounding the words. Yeah. Well, I yeah. figured it was Nightshade. I'm not familiar with Catalina Nightshade, mm -hmm. but I, when I read about the Nightshade, I was like, that's what this must be. For me, I was just uh -huh. like, oh, pretty purple flowers. And I love it. <laughs> pretty, pretty purple, purple flowers. Poisonous flowers. You know, deadly, exactly. <laughs> deadly pretty purple flowers. So, yes. um, well, can you tell us what your, I mean, this is the worst question to ask authors as they put out their new mm -hmm. book, which, you know, I'm always like, can we just enjoy the success of this book for a minute <laughs> before we ask? what is next, next but you know I have to ask well, Rachel what are you working yes. on yes um my next book is actually going to be uh, my first fantasy I'm writing okay. a zoology yes I it's, heard about this so tell Red us our books which is a part of entangled yes so there's something else to be freaked out and scared about <laughs> writing a whole new genre but you know it's basically um I would say the witcher meets N.K. Jemison, which means you know the the, the action of the witcher with the kind of intellectual whatever whatever of nk jemison's work so that comes out in february oh my gosh you were already done that is yeah. so exciting oh my gosh yeah i i i am excited um it's it's a completely different type of fandom as yeah. we saw in denver um and yeah. you know i find myself i i i when i was writing it I have to write it with cosplay in mind. Mm -hmm. uh, for those of you who are with cosplay, costume, people dress up. And, you know, that's a different aspect. It's like, well, she wears a cranberry leather vest and a cranberry cape. Could people find a cranberry leather vest? So let's change it to black. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's a different kind of, of thinking and thinking about fans um, as as I created this story so that's so fun so now are you going to write another thriller or is this yes, like a shift that's, okay that's next year I am in um developmental edits for that right now okay so you really have some stuff going on do you know I know that the titles change and it's not that we could never but you have a tentative title for that one the tentative title is called let me go and it's an LA story a Topanga Canyon story with fire and Wow. memory and relationships I'll say mm -hmm. that yeah, yeah well you and you do have such a beautiful job of relationships so every book has to be relationship well I'm excited for the fantasy you know it's fun I, I'm not like a huge fantasy reader but every once mm -hmm. in a while I pick up one and I'm like why don't I read more of these they're so fun yeah. it's just fun yeah. to be in a totally different world it was hard in some ways because you know crime is very real we have yeah. laws we know it because we've experienced it. Uh, for fantasy, I'm like totally God and I'm making up all this stuff. And I turned to my husband, I was like, well, what should I do next? And he's like, make it up. That You get to create this world. So right. that, was, that took me a moment to trust yeah. that. And yeah. that's going to be, the, I imagine, the beginning of a series, right? I mean, fantasy, yes. people want going a series. going to be, yeah, um, two books uh, with this character's point of view and then two books from another character's point of view. So- yeah. Well, geez, you're going to have to quit your day job is all I can say. Oh, well, hopefully maybe the fantasy will help me do that. Yeah, Although I know. I hear you. College, so 
you know. Ah, those kids in college are killing us. I know. I'm there too. Mm. (laughs) Um, Well, I, this is so exciting. I'm super, okay, what, tell me the title of the fantasy. Did you tell me and I missed it? Of the fantasy? No, it's called, oh, the last one. I'm like, what the hell? The last one. (laughs) The last one. And that's out in February. Um, And then probably sometime around this time next year, you'll have another book from Thomas and Mercer. Yeah. You are so busy. I'm always so impressed. I can't believe it. Well, listen, this was super fun. If you haven't read Rachel Housel, no, I'm going to do it wrong. Housel. Yes. Hall. See, in my brain, I'm sometimes, <laughs> I'm like, no, you got it. No, you don't. No, you got it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't read Rachel's books yet, she's got a lot of amazing books. And most of them said that the ones I've read are all set in the Los Angeles oh. area, which yes. is really fun. And Topanga Canyon, another sort of famous place in fires, which unfortunately uh, we're all having more of. So um, that one's coming up, but um, but this was a really fun read and I, I rooted for um, Coco and for Gwen. It's so funny to be like, I, I felt I felt her pain too. Like it's hard yeah. to lose control. That is yeah. no fun. It's totally valid. It's totally so. valid. So yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm delving into all that. I love it. Well, keep doing what you're doing because it's working and I hope to see you um, in real life again um, really soon. And congratulations on all your success. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me on. Thank you so much for joining us. I will, you'll have to come back. I want to hear about this yes. fantasy now. Definitely. Yes, I want to share that. Okay. Thanks for joining us. This was Killer Women with Rachel Housel-Hall and I'm Danielle and we will see you next time. Bye.